Hello and welcome to episode 385 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is November 27th, 2023. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 385. So Slappy, um, last week, obviously we were recorded on a Monday night and we record, were recording uh, as the Monday night football game was starting. Eagles. Mm. It's the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So we didn't get to t- get to talk about that game. But uh, the Eagles just played another game yesterday, too. And, uh, you know, it did some work. How are we feeling about the birds right now? I mean, uh, how are you supposed to? They're 10-1. They're just lucky, right? They're lucky that they've won these four straight games in a row where they were down, what, down by double digits at halftime? Mm-hmm. Just, that's just all luck. It's the referees. I will say there's you know. been some generous officiating lately. Sure. Um, but you got to play the games. you got to make the plays. And the Eagles did when they needed to. Mm-hmm. And they it looks like that game was frustrating in the sense that uh, – you know, the offense disappeared for about half the game. Right. Um, but at the end of the game, when they needed to get it done, they did. And they moved the ball, and they scored. And then they scored in overtime. And that 59-yard field goal, is that how long it was? In the rain? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun to watch. It was a good win. Yeah. Jake Elliott just has absolute ice in his veins. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty impressive to make that. Uh, in those conditions. Yeah. Well, he's like eight for eight or nine of nine and game tying or game winning kicks yeah. late in the game. Yeah. And, and they're not all like, you know, 35 yard chip shots. A lot of them are a little bit longer. Um, but I mean, the bills had a, had a chip shot and it got blocked. Yep. They also missed a 48 yard or so. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, what's funny to me, too, is that they uh, have been hearing a lot of like, oh, well, the Bills outgained the Eagles 500 to 300 something in terms of yards. So uh, uh, it's like, okay, (laughs) what matters more, the points or the yards? Like, do you get extra point? Do you get points for? uh, um. For yards, I mean, it almost feels like people are uh, expect games to be the actual games you scored, like their fantasy games. Yeah, yeah, fantasy football is uh, annoying. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's uh. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Eagle defense played well when they needed to. It wasn't their best game. Uh, no, uh, Josh Allen is a stud. and He played very well. How many, like, third and 15s did he Yeah, he played well. And, you know, make make plays, get first downs. It was uh, It was pretty impressive. But, you know, another missed, missed, you know, game-winning touchdown, and they should just give it to them because they probably would have made that play. And 
you know, if they ran it again. So yeah. you just give it to them. It's not fair. It's not, it's not fair that, you know, 11 teams have played their Super Bowl. And uh, only, only Zach Wilson of the Jets won. <laughs> That's still hilarious to me. The, the only team that beat the Eagles was the Jets. Yeah. That has to be the most Jets thing. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the NFL. I know. Um, Eagles uh, keep yep. finding a way to win. They're not winning. They're not blowing teams out. No. But they're winning. Yeah. And that's all that matters. They're, Puts they're you in like, position down the end of the season to set things up how you want it. Yep. Which is, uh, I mean, it's funny because people, it, it seems like there's a lot of people out there that are trying to convince themselves that because, especially a lot of Cowboys fans, because they've blown a lot of teams out that are bad teams, um, because their wins were so impressive that that somehow matters more than the number of wins they have. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, if you go and have a great season. I mean, the Dolphins hung like 70 points on Denver earlier this year. And Denver's counted pretty for like, well. That counted for like three wins, right? Because they put yeah. up 70 points. But things just happen in games. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's always like that with the communicative property of sports is like everyone kind of used to joke about it anyway but like just because you blow a team out doesn't mean you're going to blow the next team out or right you blow out the team the first time doesn't mean you're going to beat them the next time uh, people kind of know that things happen in games things spiral calls go your way balls bounce away you know and uh yeah. it helps to be playing well uh, and i don't think the eagles really have put together now this is going to sound very eagles fanish because like you just expect them to just drive and score on every drive and stop them on defense every drive. And you're like, yeah, there's the complete game. But really, the offense looks so bad at times. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts in that game couldn't drop back for like two quarters without getting hit or sacked. Or I think they had like 20 yards in the second in, in the second and third quarter. I, I don't know what the stats were, but it was atrocious. Like they yeah. didn't do anything on offense for two straight quarters. And when he did have time, it didn't seem like anybody was open. Uh, yeah, so either they're not open or he's not seeing them. Right. Because he's sitting back there, and you're like, all right, dude, like today, do something. Yep. Um, so it was really bad for two quarters offensively. And uh, and Josh Allen just, you know, he's making plays, finding receivers, finding the soft spots, and, and then completing all the passes. So, um, but they ended up pulling out and winning, so that's what counts. It's encouraging. Yeah. When you win and don't play well, that's a really good sign. Mm -hmm. So did you see the thing that happened at the game that wasn't part of the game? Maybe. Uh, the Shaq Lawson thing? No. So uh, one of the defensive linemen. Oh, was he uh, yelling at the fans? He, he hit a fan. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that. I kind of saw it. I wasn't paying close attention. Yeah. And uh, it's like, ooh. 
and and like first my first reaction to that is like man like that's when you're a fan like you can't you're not out there playing obviously but and whenever i've been at a game i've always you know you yell and scream and then you, you heckle and everything because it's fun and like in your head like you're like oh maybe he hears me and maybe it's maybe it's not maybe getting him set knock him off his game but you're always like yeah it's not they're, they're professionals they don't they don't care they're not listening or if they hear it they're probably laughing because he's out there making 10 million dollars and i'm paying him money right now um but like if you if you can get a guy to like turn around and start jawing back at you or something or just getting him mad like as a fan you won and you had to come come over and like hit you push you like now i wouldn't want a you know 340 pound six foot five dude uh physically engaging me it's not yeah i i i I, you know, an ideal scenario no but like it's like the instigator in hockey it's like you you, you chirp you chirp you chirp and you get a guy to to do something dumb because you get under his skin and uh the uh the bills players that were involved came out and said you know oh we made a mistake and everything but they were that fan was was shouting threats death threats to me and my family and i mean there's other videos where like you hear it happening for a while and you don't really hear anything um and that would be like i don't like that you know if if that actually happened i think it's like yeah it's you're probably a jerk but like also it's a fan drunk at a game he's not going to show up at your house and try to hurt you (laughs) well here's the thing one that didn't happen because they never ever 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 tell the press anything that is truthful of what goes on down there right um so whatever he said i'm guessing was personal sure now you know best thing is to ignore it but you know I don't know what he said. Maybe he said something about his kid or his wife or I don't know. Um, still best to ignore it. Right. Well, we could say like, you know, there's it's it's a fan. It's one of those things where and, and this bothers me about fans in general. It's like you think you can say whatever you want or do whatever you want, say whatever you want, especially like outside of a game where you see like a, a player and you start harassing them just like when you're out at a restaurant or something. It's like, no, like the guy's a person just because he's on TV and, and makes a lot of money. doesn't mean you get to like hassle him and everything. Um, so I don't want to be like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, we can call, assuming that the fan said something really nasty, we can call that guy a jerk. And yeah. Say like, yeah, you shouldn't say that. Like if I were there, say, you know, I'm there with my kid and he says something off color, I'd be like, dude, you know don't do that but it doesn't you're an you're a professional athlete you can't let that stuff cause you to freak out and then go up to him and, and hit him mm-hmm. so it really doesn't matter what he said you just can't let it get to you because now yeah, i agree i agree but you know the flip side is 
like I, I absolutely 100% agree. Like, don't listen to the fans. They're idiots and drunk. But you run your mouth to a guy who's <laughs> however big he is. Well, yeah, you take that risk into your own hands. Because, you know, it's funny, too. It's kind of like the internet tough guys are. Or, you know, I don't know if you're ever at work and someone's yelling at you over the phone and you're like, all right, uh, like all these guys, if they saw him in the restaurant, will be getting their picture with him and saying how great he is. But you see him at the game and you feel like you can yell um, right. because you think nothing's going to happen and then something might happen. So, of course, I think the player should not listen and not react. That's obviously the best approach. Well, you know, it was funny. The fan, like when he came over, the fan like didn't back down. The like as far as you know, the fan doing, was in a much better position than he was. Right, but as far as like executing what he was trying to do, whatever the fan did was perfect because he got his attention. He got uh, Lawson's attention, got him mad, got him to come over, and then with his hands up in the air, so you could you could very plainly see that he made no movement towards Lawson. Lawson gave him the push and he kept his hands up and like, didn't, didn't react. Yeah. So it was, it was just like, (laughs) it was was perfect. Yeah. It's funny. Um, uh, so we'll see what, I mean, I think, I don't see Greg Popovich last week. Do you know who Greg Popovich is? You ever hear of him? Yeah. Coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What a clown. That was why Leonard's back in town on the free throw line, and he goes over to, like, the PA mic, and he's like, "Uh, can we stop booing and let them play? This isn't who we are. So was that – He should have got booed out of the stadium. were they is, was Leonard on the other team? Yeah, he used to be really? on the Spurs, and oh he's on the goodness. other team at the free throw line. Yep. Like, like, I, I, I hope Leonard was at the free throw, like, kind of like waving his I'm hand, like, dude, cut that out, like, dude. Pretty sure Kawhi Leonard does not care. Right. I mean, you talk to you, you hear most professional athletes talk about playing in a rowdy stadium as a visitor, and they're usually like, yeah, it's, it's, we love it. You want to have, like, do you think those guys, even their visitors, want to have, like, play a, a, a stadium where it's just, like, dead silent? Greg Pothwich thinks so. Apparently. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, that's Pretty such bad. weak sauce. That is so bad. Like, I can just, um, ah, the amount of cringe. Did they not? Did they boo him? What happened after that? I didn't see the. Uh, I just saw the clip, and it sounded like they continued to boo, but like good. the clip cut. I don't know if they. I don't know what happened, but I. <laughs> it. I mean, it would never happen. Any like nobody would. I, I mean, it's never happened before, I, I, as far as I know. Um, but I. I just think it would be hilarious if like, Nick Nurse did that at the Sixers game. They would just boo even louder. Oh, I know. It's just. It's unfathomable. I. I can't. They should have given him like a penalty for delay game or something. Penalty for delay penalty. Yeah, you're not allowed foul. to talk on the PA mic. Yeah. Technical foul. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Well, it's funny because there's a lot of different stadia, like a lot of different cities. It's it's we're Philly guys. This is what we're used to. Not every place, you know, has fans 
like they they they're not the same everywhere so i was in cleveland in the fall and we went to a cleveland indians game and uh yeah you know, it was the end of the season and they were bad so they weren't really gonna do any but like me and my coworker were out there in the bleachers in the outfield and like we we're the only ones booing the other team <laughs> not even the indians fans but yeah i'll boo the reds or i'll boo whoever they're uh the Indians are playing unless it's the Phillies. Um, it's fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's now if they were a, uh, you know, a good team and it was a game that mattered, maybe it'd be a little bit different. Fans would be into it a little bit more, but yeah, you got to at least, you know, yell sucks when they announce each player on the starting lineup for the other team. I don't know. Yeah. I was down at the Flyers game this week. Oh, nice. They uh, pulled out a nice one on Saturday. On Saturday they did, but not on Friday. Friday uh-huh. they, Carter Hart, Carter Swiss Cheese Hart, let two, the first two hey. shots go through. Hey, relax. In the first two minutes, my four-year-old yeah. son's his first game. He didn't even get to enjoy it for, for 46 seconds because in the 45th second he was already upset, and then in the next minute they scored again. Um, yeah, that was tough. But, you know, we saw the Sean Couturier goal, and he got to hear the horn, so he was nice. pumped. He had a good day. I had a good day. Uh, shame they didn't win. Yeah. But, um, but I the re- I don't know if you watched that Rangers game at 1 o'clock on a Friday. I did. Um, but I thought you would appreciate my Swiss cheese comment because, <laughs> first of you know, the Rangers – were played very well and they were in the right positions and took great shots and there were, you, there wasn't a goalie in the world who was stopping either of those first two goals. Right. Um, and then that second Zabanadad Zabanajad yeah. goal, the one handed on the stick. Uh-huh. The like he just kills the flyers. And uh-huh. that's one where it's like uh, it's just he's just everything he touches is gold. Uh, but yeah, that was a funny game because I thought the Flyers played well. They outshot them like 100,000 to, to 20. Right. But the Rangers play really good defense. And even though they're giving up a lot of shots. The Flyers weren't getting good shots. Right. And the Rangers, and when they did get shots, were good shots. And Carter Hart actually played pretty well. Right. Um, That's the thing. And, and the Flyers couldn't, you know, put away the chances when they did get them. They weren't able to – because, you know – uh What's his name? Um, who's the, Igor? Uh, Shush, yeah, Shusterkin. Yeah. You know, stood on his head. He, he played fantastic. He played very well. And, but they just weren't getting good shots. Right. But the, the difference was the Rangers buried the chances. Yeah. And you could say, oh, well, the, Flyer, well, oh, well the, the Flyers had more shots than the Rangers. So the Rangers were lucky. They came out of that. That was my analysis. Well, dude, yeah. Were you listening to my analysis? Yeah. I, well, I mean, if we're Buffalo fans or Miami fans or, or Dallas fans, that's that's what we would be saying. Like, actually, you know, I'm counting that as a Flyers win because they they outshot the Rangers. But what really happened was the Flyers felt bad for anyone that's from New York. And it's like, all right, well, we'll throw you a bone and let you have a win against us because mm-hmm. you got to go back to New York. Goodness yeah. gracious. I mean, you live what up a, there. So, yeah. And play terrible. up there. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give them something. 
So that's our analysis of why the Flyers lost. It just felt bad for the other team. Yeah. But we're not going to make up the excuse that, you know, oh, well, they, uh, they, it counts as one in my book because they outshot him and had more time in the offensive zone than the Rangers did. No, yeah. the, the reason they, the reason they lost. They power plays, too. They couldn't yeah. get a power play goal. The reason they And lost they had some they good power bad. plays, too. Oh, yeah. It's just an unfortunate but like, game. The thing is, the Flyers are like, well, and I know. They're okay. So, before the season started, when I was saying, I don't think the Flyers can be bad. Like, that was not. I really thought that people were way underestimating the Flyers. They were picked by everyone to be like dead last. And I'm like, I don't know. They've got they've got some veteran players that are coming back that were injured and didn't play last year. And they've got some decent young players. If the young players can like string it together, like they could make some hay a little bit. And uh you know, not 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 win the division, maybe on the way to winning the cup, but <laughs> like yeah, you know, but but and 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 like you know, I'm not saying that they're gonna you know make the playoffs. They just might decide they want to play golf early this year. But um, the fact that they're like at points, I don't I don't know if they're still second in the division right now, but. No, I got no one had it. Third. But they played 21 no one, games. The Rangers played 19. Carolina played 20. They play Carolina like tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Wednesday? This week? Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow. Um, so if they beat Carolina, they'll be ahead of Carolina. But even still, I, like, let's not care where they are in the standings because not everyone's played the same number of yeah, games. Yeah, it doesn't matter so right now, really. Either. But just what their record is. that They're two games over 500. Yeah. In a difficult division. Yeah. And conference like the West is very top heavy. And it's not like they're and, and typical Flyers fashion. They are losing the Sharks who had. Were like 10 0 straight 10. losses, 11 straight losses. And the last two games had given up 10 goals in each game or something. Yeah. And then beat the Flyers two to one. And then yep. the next game, like the Flyers beat the Kings and then they go and beat uh, the Knights. They did. And like, yeah. Going out and beating good teams. Um, so, so that's the right trajectory. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, and it's funny because there's a lot of Flyers fans out there that are upset because they want them to to be really bad this year so they get a high draft pick. It's like a that's bad idea. That, well, it's not guaranteed. Right. Like the Flyers have had a lot of hot. They had Nolan Patrick, and he was a bust. James Van Riemsdyk was the second overall pick, and he was a good player. But he's not a franchise-changing player. No, and, but everyone wants to look at the Penguins, who had you know that was a long stuff. time ago. They were really bad for a very long time, and they got three. They, they got Malkin, Crosby, and Flurry. And Flurry, yeah. Malkin was the number two pick just because Ovechkin was number one that year. And you're not going to get like you're not going to get. Like they they were not lucky, but like the way that that happened, that they were like 
Well, there is some luck involved there because you don't know what the draft class is. I mean, yeah, you'd kind of do, but it's not like their plan was let's be terrible to get this you're, guy three years in advance. Right. You're not going to be bad for three years and then get I mean, those the Sixers top picks were and have terrible all forever. of Right. And had and, a million and, number one picks and none of them panned out. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to – it's not normal that you get high picks like that and all of them end up being future Hall of Famers. I don't know if Flurry will be a Hall of Famer. I, I guess he's won enough cups. To, I was going to say he's won a couple of cups, right? Yeah, and he's and he's had a long career that's been successful. So he, I mean, he might. He's probably eventually. yeah. Um, obviously Crosby and Malkin are. Yeah. So like that's no guarantee, and plus they've got like, uh, Michkov, who looks like he's going to be a stud, and Cutter Gauthier is tearing it up. Um, so they've got more young players. How old's Konechny? Like 26, 25. Yeah, so I, he's young. I mean, even even the guys that are like um, big contributors, they're all young. And I think Couturier is still like 30. They're one of the he's youngest. He's the longest people. tenured flyer, isn't he? Uh, Probably. Yeah. I don't know who else would be even close to that. Um. And Hart's young. So they've got a young team. Like, they're not. It's you don't need to be bad for another four years. And and I don't I don't get why you want to, like, watch a team, any team. Like, I never I never want to go into a season being like, oh, yeah, let's just lose. I just I, I want to not be frustrated. Like, now I get that not every year is going to be you know a great year, but like I'd rather have fun. Like whatever. Like your your team, you know, there's thirty something teams in a league. Your chance just out of that sheer number, one out of thirty is not a very good chance. Obviously, it's not you know spread out that way, but like. You know, there's just, there's a lot of parity. You're not gonna you're not gonna win every year, you, even if you're. There's a lot of parity. There's a lot of rules that kind of force the parity. It's it's yeah. not it's not easy. So I want to just like more you know enjoy the regular season. <laughs> I just want like if it's fun like the Phillies. You know, of course, I wanted them to win the World Series, but it was a fun year. Right. Like, yeah, you're not gonna look my, back on that. It was season. the Phillies' choice not to win. It wasn't my well, choice. I enjoyed watching them. You're not gonna like I I I obviously yeah, I know that's right. not a Philly fan attitude, by the way. Right. Um but Which, yeah, I mean it's it's fun like yeah, obviously you want them to see them to win it, especially when they go that deep, but but like And when you have a two nothing lead and then a three two lead coming home. Yeah. Anyway. But you're not gonna like sit there and be like, Oh no, that whole there's nothing but bad Those memories for that season. Yeah. Or Yeah. No, they're fun to rip. watch. Yeah, like take sports for what they are. Have fun. Take sports for Have what fun. they are, and it's life and death. Yes. And everything that matters. Yes. <sighs> so and my self worth depends on the Philadelphia teams. So you can does. you can tell how I'm doing since 2017. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, it's uh. We're just in the perfect spot with how we. I love it because we we do talk a lot of trash. 
it's all true. Mm-hmm. But the way we set it up, it's just well they didn't. Well, the Eagles are the best team in the league. They're gonna they're steamrolling everyone. And they lose. Well, they didn't want to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, well, because it's true. You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's, they don't tell me their decisions. I don't know when right. they're gonna yeah, lose. That, so I, what, I watch. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. If they told me ahead of time, I wouldn't need to watch the games. Exactly. Um, all right. So if you couldn't really tell already, we don't have much of <laughs> really have a topic today, <laughs> but there was something, um, the other day came out that, uh, apparently someone got hacked out of 139 Bitcoin. Did you see that Slappy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did see that. So there's been a few hacks, if we will. We don't exactly know what happened with these things, but this are, one. How kinda, often are hacks boat accidents? I don't Never? know. We don't really. I. I don't know. Um, but this one, this one was interesting. Be, I think because it initially got um, attention because there was a huge, there was a block with a huge amount of fees associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, now the fee market has been pretty high and, uh, yeah, you, it, if you wanted to get a, uh, I paid, I needed to make a transaction. Um, and I was moving a decent amount of money and I was conservative as in, I wanted to get, get into a block fairly quickly. So I, you know, intentionally overpaid a little bit. And I think my fee was like 25 bucks or something. Um, but for the amount I was moving, I was like, mm, whatever. For a still, man of your means. Right. It, well, it's still less than the, uh, you know, um, what do you, do you use cash app or do you, I use, do. Okay. So, you know, when you, uh, when you want to send fiat back, back to your bank account or something mm-hmm. to pay, and you can do when you do the ACH transfer, mm-hmm. it's uh, the normal two to three days. It's free. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to do it instantly, it's it seven, immediately. Yeah. It's seven. It's seventy five dollars. Yeah. So I got into the next block. Call it ten minutes. Basically instant. And I did it for twenty five dollars, yeah. and that was overpaying and very expensive at the time. Right. So we're still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And if I were if I were moving a smaller amount. I would have got it in lightning. three days for a lot less. Or I just, I just probably would would have been able to use lightning. So, you know, it's, it's, that was an expensive Bitcoin transaction, but it was still pretty cheap mm-hmm. in the long run. But, you know, there was attention because there was, there was this block with this massive amount uh, in fees. And there was one transaction that had 83 and a half Bitcoin as the fee. And so this Twitter account came out um, claiming that he was – that was his Bitcoin that he got hacked. Uh, and so this tweet – and I don't uh, – this is a screenshot, so I don't have his actual account. Um, but he said, it was my BTC that paid the high fee. I created a new cold wallet, transferred 139 Bitcoin to it, and it got transferred out to another wallet immediately. I can only imagine that someone was running a script on that wallet 
and that script had a weird fee calculation. Because it is kind of weird. I mean, one thing I did see. Because if you're going like, to steal money, why are you going to pay fees like that? Um. Well, I mean, because. No, that's what I'm saying. It makes sense that it would be a weird yeah. fee calculator because that doesn't make sense to do. Like if I stole 139 Bitcoin, I'm uh, trying to keep as much of it as possible. Well, you don't know. Like, yeah. Well, also, but you also don't like if you get what. It, what's like you get 60 bitcoin out of that still it's, it's still a pretty good haul yeah um, yeah no doubt about it but obviously man. you would want more the one thing i that you're gonna play that like, well, risky game you want to get as much value out of it right someone set made the thing like well maybe it was like a thing to for like replace by fee or something yeah that they wanted to put something high although i mean i don't know if you're gonna if you see your your money getting stolen and you either you do a replace by fee just to i don't know you put more you put 84 bitcoin down just to keep your 59 bitcoin so what was the wallet he used so i don't know i haven't really been looking into it that much but um one of the things that was funny was a reply and I, I i i just i have this as a screenshot because i i just saved it right away because i wanted to have this ready to go um because there's a lot of questions and this is like what we we need um and apparently this guy this twitter account he signed um an address with his keys that like verified that he was the owner right of that Bitcoin. um because, yeah, we, we need to know more information about what happened in order to figure out, you know, did he just do something really stupid um, or was there some sort of, um, you know, malware involved? There's a million different things that, that could have gone wrong. And, you know, there's a lot of people talking about Bitcoin security. We talk about it a lot. And so it's it's important to know when someone makes a mistake, like it can be embarrassing and everything. You don't want you know you feel a little bit of shame and, and embarrassment for for losing money and making a mistake. But you want to you know let other other people know about it so that they can be aware of that and someone doesn't end up making the same mistake you did. Maybe you know you're misfortune or your your dumb decisions can be of some benefit or help to someone else so that's that's a good thing to make it so that other people don't lose their their bitcoin and it's good for everybody because if we have bitcoin getting quote unquote hacked all the time it's not good for adoption right even if it is because of stupid things that you know you real bad decisions that shouldn't be be getting made like we can't help perception and it's not unreasonable for people to have a poor perception of Bitcoin if they see, you know, time after time people are getting losing their Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, so there was there was a uh, a reply that I thought that, that was pretty interesting. He says, none of this makes any sense to me. Creating a cold wallet is generating public private keys offline with clean code on a clean OS, then sending to the public with the private keys never touching the interwebs. 
that 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 res- that guy making that response made a lot of assumptions. Um, because what he's talking about, he's like, yeah, if if you're doing it the right way, this shouldn't have happened. Um, because there's uh, you know, assuming someone else was able to get his private keys or guess his private keys, that something like went seriously wrong. Maybe he downloaded some malware that was able to to pull the private keys when he got connected to the internet and was doing stuff with it, all, all sorts of things. But it's like this guy, the, the replier, was making the assumption that people that it was a cold wallet. Right. That that people don't make bad decisions when they're using quote unquote their, you know, cold wallet. And there are hardware wallets. Um, we freak out about it all the time with a lot of the stuff that these hardware wallet manufacturers, um, how they portray using using their hardware. It's like, oh, if you have this, you're safe. Well, <laughs> you're probably not safe if you have a Windows laptop that you use as your daily driver computer that's on all sorts of websites downloading all sorts of stuff. And then you plug it right in there right. and then you, you expect it to be okay. Um, yeah. If you, you know, it's, it's basically like the stuff that you're instructed to do running Yeti cold or like running like the ministry of nodes has, uh, they call it the node box, a walkthrough on how to set up like a home home node with a lot of like interesting software to go with it. I've used that as walkthroughs to set up my stuff. It's like the first thing you do is you get a, a computer and wipe it with Ubuntu. You run Linux. Free and open source operating system on a fresh computer. If it's going to be connected to the internet because it's like your node, then like that's the only thing that's touching it is Bitcoin stuff. You're not, using it to download other other nonsense and everything um all that kind of stuff but when when you just say like oh what do you get you get this hardware wallet and you're safe you're good it's got great security it's like a you know a digital fortress but not if you're plugging it into a malware infested thing all that thing is doing is just running software and and if there's malware on your computer that you're connecting this to that like changes the address that you're you're sending it to or is able to like pull the pri- like you know do any sort of thing that is you know you don't want it to do like you don't know what's going on especially for all these noobs. Right. The other thing is that's interesting to me is a like slappy. And I'm asking I'm asking this very open like open ended question. Um, so I might have to guide you to the answer a little bit because I know, <laughs> but like if you have 139 Bitcoin, I send it in one transaction. Right. But like what, like what would you be sending it to? You're sending it to cold storage. What would you set? Like, how would you set like that? You're up? asking me if I had a, yeah. what, I, what I would, I would send it to my Yeti cold setup, which is what? It's uh, using Core. Uh, I have two computers. One's never been online. What's, that develops what's, the keys. What's the know. generic arrangement call that you have? That's a multi-sig, three yes. seven. Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> you have a single point of, like, this guy must have sent, like, must have created a single-sig wallet 
and sent 139 Bitcoin to it. And what's what's that in dollars real quick? Uh, yeah, it's okay. like I would even think I mean, that's um, like I said, it's unfortunate for the guy that he lost it. But, man, you have that much like, yeah, it's five million dollars. You think you'd do a little like you think you'd do a little work like I, I'm going to move five million dollars. I'm going to take care of it. I might even pay someone like 10 grand to set up Yeti cold or set up set up multi So do something if I don't know how to do it like. Right, because even if you that yeah, one key was compromised. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't do anything with it. Um, uh, uh, unless you know you're you know maybe he had maybe he set up a multi-sig and just with the same hardware wallet or whatever he and was just using took it anyway just yeah. use it and, and put you know loaded all the same things on the same com- you know malware infested computer and everything um what was i going to say though oh so one of the pro- like so this brings up we're talking about you know, the malware infested computer. And, and I think we sometimes take it, for, take it for granted of like what the threat is there because you don't just get like a virus, generic virus that like knows to steal your Bitcoin keys. Like these viruses, this malware, it's like doing something specific. I'm not like a, a software security expert, but I'm 99% sure that a, a computer virus like Getting a com- random computer virus isn't going to steal your Bitcoin. Probably it has not. To be, it has to be malware, software that is specifically targeted to attack something, knows what it's looking for, and can go get it. So there was another hack recently um, of someone. I forget what they were using. It doesn't matter what what hardware wallet they were using. But what happened, they fig- like they got help from someone to try to figure out what went wrong. And they um, it's when they were went to download a, a wallet. They. Um, I don't know, I forget the exact thing, but they went to wasabi.com and downloaded a wallet from there or yeah. downloaded something from there and the website looked fine and everything but the correct website to get the wasabi wallet is wasabi.io so someone cuz you know to get to get a website to look the same it's really easy it's not difficult to to basically mirror someone's website and so that's what someone did. They got, you know, a, uh, a a website that looks like a website that you're trying to go to and set it up normal. Uh, but then when you download the software, maybe you do get the right Wasabi wallet too. But then it also came with other software downloaded too that they didn't know they were getting. Hmm. And that's that's what was the targeted software that like was looking. I think it 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 um was targeting their Electrum wallet. Um, I think that's what that that software did. But um, yeah, like it's it's 
it's like what we say all the time with why generic hardware is better than Bitcoin-specific hardware. Because if you're going to do a hardware attack, if you're going to load bad software on hardware, you're not going to go to, um, you know, a Dell factory and and try to load it onto all these Dell computers or something. Because that's that's way too generic of of hardware. Like maybe someone's going to use it use that computer for Bitcoin, but probably not. But if you want to target someone's Bitcoin, you're going to go target hardware that is going to, that you know is going to run Bitcoin. Um, so that's why using the g- generic hardware is, is just so far superior because you, you eliminate that. Well, you don't eliminate it, um, but you greatly mitigate that attack surface um you make it you shrink it tremendously by Mm -hmm. using so uh it it would be like you know this is a little bit um kind of dark but like imagine an assassin wanted to kill someone and they were going to do it by poisoning them um and they have a specific target they gotta get Maybe they go get a job like they don't just go um, to go to craft and uh, poison a batch of ketchup or something. Hope your guy buys it. Right. What you do is you get a job at the restaurant that your target goes to a lot as a waiter or something and you poison his food. Sounds like you've done this before. Maybe. But this is. No, it's just because I'm an engineer, Slappy. And so mm-hmm. I have to have that adversarial thinking because this is what I do is my job. Um, like you have story. to, yeah, you have to, yeah, you kill people with uh, <laughs> an assassin. Um, no, but you have to have that adversarial thinking is you're going to put something, you have a mission that you're trying to accomplish with your piece of equipment and you think about all the ways that you're not going to be able to accomplish your mission that you're not that that something's going to go wrong and you got to take steps to mitigate that prevent it you know do something to allow you to complete the mission you want to do and for me it's that this piece of equipment is going to make it to when we have a shutdown when we can do you know maintenance on it or something that we're not failing on the run before we can we can get to that end point and so we have to look at it there's there's a it's called there's plenty of, of different um, things you could do, but one's called failure modes uh, effects analysis, uh, where you look at all the different ways it can, something can fail. Um, you kind of consider the likelihood that it's going to fail and, and look at the consequence of that failure too, and then come up with ways to, to mitigate it. Um, it's basically... Um, the uh remember the bitcoin threat model that jw mm-hmm. Weatherman did that's basically a lot of what i do in my job is that sort of thing um so yeah you have to have like that's that's why when I mean, we talk about it with the hardware wallets all the time too when when people say oh it's just this hardware wallet's safe and then like you know later they kind of say with with a with a hand over their mouth and off to the side like well yeah you got to like do all this like stuff to make sure everything's good but this idea that you can just you know buy go online buy a hardware wallet and then plug it into your daily driver 
computer using someone else's node that's probably uh, you know a government ABC organization and docs all your transactions um, and then give up your uh, your mailing address and contact information all your sorts of grandma's. other information to your yeah yeah you, you send it to your grandma's house yeah real 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 nice family member doing that um, it's 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 not that simple and you're not getting the security that you think you're getting. And so that's why we're like kind of so anal retentive about this stuff is because you can't just go on autopilot because if you're lazy and don't think through this stuff, you become the easy target. It's like when you're walking down the street at night, um, you know, if you've, if you've got to walk through a bad neighborhood at night or something, would you rather do that by yourself or with a bunch of people? Would you rather do it like walking confidently or like walking like, well, or not paying attention? Like you're on your phone kind of just like in your own little world, not aware of your surroundings or anything. What makes you the easier target? Like this is stuff you got to think through and and you can't just rely on like, it'd be like a guy being like, well, I have a gun in my pocket, and so I'm safe. Well, if you never see the attack coming because you're on your phone playing around, you're walking through bad neighborhoods that you're not even like realizing you're walking through a bad neighborhood because that's the first step in protecting yourself is not get yourself in the in the situation to begin with. Like someone's going to walk up to you from behind and, and whack you. And you're going to have no opportunity to use the thing that you think you are protected with. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, I feel like I've been, I kind of jumped all over the place. Um, but no, I mean, this is, this is like these last couple things that have happened with these, with these attacks, they're good examples of what we're talking about. And and we don't know what, what we've been talking about with like these good security practices and everything yeah. it might seem like a little bit of pain in the butt, but this is what could happen if you're not careful. Um, and the thing is, like, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to like, but if you just take the couple steps. Well, if you have 139 Bitcoin, just just put some time into protecting it. Right. And I mean, the other thing, and and I'm I'm like hesitant to. Uh, and if you have half a Bitcoin, and that's basically the equivalent of 139 Bitcoin to someone else, take some time. It it's not that expensive to set. It it's not much more expensive than, you know, the hardware wallet, but it's much safer, much more secure. Uh, it's probably cheaper. It might be cheaper. I was looking. Uh, because I'm, I a while ago I bought another uh, a laptop off eBay, and this weekend I was now, you know, the weather's getting bad. It's when it's getting close to winter, and so this is when I do Bitcoin stuff. Because <laughs> when it's nice uh, spring in the summer, it's nice out. I'm like outside doing stuff. I don't want to be sitting in front of a computer. Now the weather's bad, and I'm kind of stuck in the house, and so now's the time for me to like do a bunch of Bitcoin stuff. So I'm setting up another node. I want to play around with liquid a little bit more and I want to look at some of that uh 
third layer stuff like the cashew yeah. um maybe set up a little mint um and play around with that so i'm setting up a another node on an old laptop and everything i was looking at what it was and this was like months ago and it was like under 150 bucks i think um and then i i it didn't have an ssd so i bought an ssd separately um so call that like 50 bucks or something but if you're just doing it um if you're just buying an old laptop to act as your offline hardware wallet you don't need an ssd for that just get a an h you know a, a hard disk drive that doesn't have that much space on it because you, all you're running is core doesn't take up much space and so you can get away with a hundred dollar laptop at most um and you don't need you don't need a lot of ram because you're not syncing the chain you're you're installing ubuntu so you need a flash drive too which costs a couple dollars and uh you're installing Bitcoin and maybe you need a second computer to, to run your node and everything. Um, but even if you don't run your own node and you just get, you know, you set up a watch only while on your phone or something with your public key, like it's, it's way better security than doing a hardware while it's going to cost you a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you're not like, you know, lying to yourself uh, tricking yourself into believing that you're you're safe just because you have something that's called a hardware wallet. Maybe I should set that up like a little walkthrough thing, being like, I don't know, I don't want to give. It's tough because people don't make the right decision. You got to force them to make the right decision a lot of times. All right. Not force them, but just like give them. That's like the only option. Um, but like, just like the real poor man's option of, like, all right, this is this is the super cheap way to at least know your keys are secure. I've had a, the steps to buy a laptop. Install Ubuntu. I mean, download already kind of did that. Yeah, but it it involves setting up a node that people might. True. Just like a real stupid, simple thing. I don't know. I just send. That's that's the thing too. Like I don't want Yeti Cold to be the only thing I ever send people to because just I I you know, not that it's bad, but you know, it's, it's the first iteration not the first iteration but like you want you want a lot of options out there it's just so that other ideas can like yeti cold's not going to be the best way to secure your bitcoin it's a good option but it's you know there's it's tedious Mm -hmm. so it'd be great if people like developed other software that automated other things and just made it even easier yeah sure and simpler for people so that like it just makes it i mean the hardware might not change much you know you you need you need two pieces of uh equipment or whatever yep but the other thing too it's just it's jumping around and everything um i'm finally getting i have that 
my Raspberry Pi, my Raspberry Blitz getting back online. Set up because I have another just to play around with, have another node. And uh wasn't working and I just kinda had it off for months. And so I'm getting it like synced up now. And uh it's taken a while to catch up the last, you know, I don't even know how many blocks. Like call it three months of blocks. It's taken a long time and it's like not being very reliable. And we talked before in episodes past about how the that crashed and it kind of screwed up my uh, lightning node and everything. Um, the whole Raspberry Pi thing and, oh, that's all you need to run a node. Like that kind of, I think it was mostly like, oh, this is all you need to run a node, just a really super low power computer. Um, but like, yeah, like technically you can do that, but like if you want to rely on it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Mine's, it's, I have it's to just, re, I'm going to reflash mine. Mine is not working right now. Like I, I have an SSD hooked up to it. Yeah, so do I. It's been just barely, like I'm, I'm still, <coughs> still, I'm at 98.5% and I started this on like Friday or Saturday again and it's. it's like, Nine, it's like two percent. Yeah. yeah, I was around ninety-five or ninety-six, maybe ninety-seven percent synced. Brutal. And, uh, yeah, it's just super slow. And I looked at it today, and it like had all these errors, so I had to reboot it. Um, that's why it's just like for the for the amount of money that it's going to cost to buy a Raspberry Pi too, and then you really need to, and then you got to buy an SSD, and then you have to buy the power source. It's expensive. You can't just buy like a generic power source. It's not going to work right. And just for like what you're getting, what it can do, um, it's really, it's not worth it. It's it's like you know being like, oh, I I, I bought this rowboat, and uh, and then realizing that you could have bought, um, you know, a, a motorboat for the same amount of money. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like those old, uh, like the Dell Optiplex computers, that's what I have like my main node running on. I just run it headless, um, so I, you know, have to SSH in, do a lot of command line stuff, which may not be people's cups cups of tea, but um, I kind of like nerding out on it. But dude, that's that's the computer that is like in every office building, and they're just designed to go. And now I'm just running some Bitcoin stuff on it. So I'm not asking it to do all that much. So it just runs. Like I'm not, it, it, it's just a workhorse and I'm not asking it to, uh, to do a ton. So it is just, it is super reliable. And even just buying, buying an old laptop, it's going to, it's going to perform very similarly. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about a laptop is, well, you have the screen right there. So if you don't want to do as much command line stuff, um, you have the opportunity to uh, to have GUIs and everything, make it a little easier for you if you prefer. And then um, the other thing that's nice, too, with a laptop is that if you lose power, laptop's got a battery. Yep. And it's not going to just, like, lose power. So for my 
my Optiplex, you know, I had to buy um, a uh, a UPS, an un- uninterruptible power supply um, that you can you can install so you can run software that once the computer detects that it's on the UPS supply, then it'll shut it shut itself down safely, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just like pulling the plug on it like you lose power. So, and then you know when I lose power, I gotta realize that I lost power because a lot of times I'm at work during the day or it's overnight and I don't notice it, and I just gotta go over to the computer and press the button to turn it back on. So it's not a big deal, but. Um, I don't think, I wonder if you can do an automatic startup once it's back on. I have to look into that. That, that would be I nice. That would be, I don't know. Especially because it, it always happens when I, when I, when I like travel, like I'm away from my house for a week. It's like the first day I'm gone. Like you lose power for three seconds. Yeah. And then it's done. And then it shuts down. And then yeah, I was like, oh, let me let me access my node. And it's like, why is it not working? And you go home and you're like, ah, and you see the uh, you walk into the house and you see the uh, oven light. uh, Mm -hmm. Flashing. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's. uh, I was just going to joke and say, you see your microwave light flashing. No, no. There's a reason I said oven light. Yeah. Now. Um, I, I sure you're aware, but my, uh, microwave crashed like a year ago. We just never got a new one. Life is fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Did we talk about this? I'm sure we did. I don't know if we did or not. I thought I would have told you that, but I haven't had a microwave in like a year. I, I'm not as annoying about, like, I don't tell, obviously don't tell everyone about it. Um, like some people might. But uh, I'm just trying to improve people's lives, Slappy. <laughs> well, if it's you're a, that you're like people are like, oh, sl- oh, how do you know someone has Bitcoin? Because they always talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. What's yeah. the problem with how do you know someone doesn't have a microwave? Because they talk about not having a microwave. Because they tell you all the because, time. Because they are better. They are a better person than you because they don't have a microwave. Well, I'm fine with that logic because I don't have one and I'm right. not getting one. Yeah. Like we don't. I. Well, I was uh, joking with Mrs. Jones the other day. I was like, when are we get in a microwave? And she said, we're not. Nice. It's so. funny because if if when I. Which, by the way, on that, just so you know, there are five little Joneses running around this house. And everyone says how great microwaves are and convenient. And you have kids and you do something real quick. We don't miss it. Right. Well, that's kind of good to hear because. Uh, not kind of, it is good to hear because my thing i'm single it's just me so like that was always the thing like well maybe if i have kids and everything and then it might change things but um yeah i when i bought the house like eight over eight years ago now for those that don't know the story and for those that do know the story you're gonna hear it again um but i was just kind of like bought a house had to buy a bunch of appliances and everything else and then fill the house with stuff and i just got like you know what i'm just like done with going out and buying stuff and also like let me take this as an opportunity to like sacrifice a modern convenience and just like do without it and so it just happened like you know i'm gonna i'm just not gonna get a microwave for a while i didn't plan on it being permanent um i was like let me just 
see what happens if I don't have it. Because uh, I've had a microwave all my life. Mm-hmm. It's just like ubiquitous with the kitchen. Um, but one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was a memory of a friend of mine um, in high school. I was over his house and was in, in his kitchen. And I forget how it came up. If I just like noticed there wasn't a microwave or, if, you know, but, but I was like, you don't have a microwave? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, how do you like. And you do anything. And he's like, I don't know. You just don't have a microwave. I don't have to tell you. And it always kind of like stuck out in my head. That's um, funny. And it wasn't like these people were. It was an Italian family. So there's there's a lot of home cooking and very good home cooking going on there. So it kind of always stuck out in my uh, in my head like, hmm, they don't have a microwave. And uh, yeah, the same kind of thing for me. I, I One day I realized like, wait, I don't have a microwave and I don't miss it at all. Um, so was it like, was it kind of a crazy, not a crazy, I don't want to like over dramatize it, but like two years ago or something, or pick like if you thought about like, if you went to Mrs. Jones and be like, Hey, how about we get rid of the microwave? Would that have been a conversation? Like you would have just been like, <laughs> nah, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 um, I, two years ago, maybe, but probably would not have been, would, yeah, probably would not have gone over. Yeah. Just because it's like, well, we just, we need the microwave. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I think the microwave was one of those, uh, fiat dead ends. Yeah. And and so it's funny because my parents um, like keep everything because they're maniacs. And the original, their first microwave they bought, they had the manual for it, like in the kitchen, like with like where my mom kept the like her cookbooks and stuff. And so it's like something that I would like kind of page through. And I remember as, as when I was a kid, I was paging through it, and was a microwave oven Mm -hmm. that's what they were called they were supposed to replace the oven they had recipes in there for cooking entire chickens and stuff it was not its original purpose was not just for like reheating stuff real quick it was that's this is the wave of the future that you're gonna cook with this is how you're gonna do your cooking um talk about i don't know when hold on, let me because i i want to call this a uh a fiat thing so i want to see when microwaves were introduced probably 1971 uh, i don't know microwave oven let's see i didn't get a microwave we didn't have one until i was in high school growing up so I always was fascinated by microwaves, like at friends' house, and when we got one, it was really exciting. In 1947, Raytheon built the radar range. That the sounds about available right. Micro- yeah, uh, it was almost <laughs> six feet tall. Yeah, weighed <laughs> 750 pounds and cost about five thousand dollars, or sixty-six thousand dollars in 2022 dollars. It consumed three kilowatts. Um, 
Japan's Sharp Corporation began manufacturing microwave ovens in 1961. Uh, when did they become common in houses? Like the not till the 80s? While uncommon today, combination microwave ranges were offered by major appliance manufacturers through much of the 1970s as a natural progression of the technology. Mm. So there you go. Um, here you go. Sales volume. Sales volume of 40,000 units for the U.S. industry in 1970 grew to 1 million by 1975. Mm. There it is. Mid-70s. Well, 1 million 1971. still. 1971. 1 in a hundred. What was the population back then? 150 million, 100 million? 1 in a hundred people had them? Yeah, but 40,000 to 1 million in five years? Yeah, it's a lot. It's huge. So I I am going to say this is a work of fiat yeah because it is such a fiat way of cooking food it's terrible it ruins your food when you put it in yeah and you don't realize it until you take a step back and do like a side-by-side of like heating something up in a regular oven or putting in a skillet or something Mm -hmm. and heating it up that way or doing something that like you take a little bit more time a little bit more planning and effort you delay the gratification a little bit and you get something that's better um, as opposed to this like very high time preference, um, you just want it now and you don't care that you're just making stuff taste like rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, microwave oven sales over the years. Let's see what comes up here. Uh, I saw I'm on this thing. Show me a chart. Here we go. That's I don't understand what that chart says. Um I saw something where Hold on. Great podcasting. All right. This is a Bureau of Labor Statistics website thing, the microwave oven regression model. Um, so this is just a little um, uh, blurb on Google. By 1986, 25% of U.S. Household, households owned a microwave oven, up from less than 1% in 1971. Hmm. Let me find that because there's a... Uh, There we go. That's uh, assuming uh, it's assuming it was constant. Uh, Where is that? uh, I shouldn't do this while we're trying to record, but it's got a. uh, I'm sure people appreciate it. Um, But no, I, I should do this and write an article and so i can but only if it fits my uh my narrative yeah otherwise just say you can't find it here's a source uh
Ah, uh, pages doesn't exist. All right. Well, I'll have to do this on my own time, which means I'm probably not ever going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the time is valuable. Yes. Um, Uh, by 19 in 1975 sales of microwave ovens in the united states outpaced those of conventional gas ovens for the first time now mm. that might have to do with just you know it's a new product and people aren't you know they're buying a microwave oven for the first they time have an oven. right that'd be an interesting one i i because i want this to get on WTF happened in 1971.com. I want to see that nine. I want to see that spike in the sales numbers go up in 1971. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, we're about to make this even a worse episode than it already was. Um, so, uh, you don't yeah, have anything yeah, else? Slappy? That's it. No, I'm just, uh, not microwaving anything tonight. Yep. Um, good. Did you see the article first about, um, how an expert claimed that, uh, it's better to microwave, the best way to cook a steak is to microwave it. (laughs) I did see that. Did you actually read the article though? No. So that's not, this is what drives me crazy. All right. We're not going to stop because this, this stuff bothers me. Um, that, uh, the article was a guy saying like, yeah, well, you don't want to just like put your steak on your grill or your, or your frying pan frozen. So throw it in the microwave for a little bit to get the internal temperature up. You know, you're not, he's not saying cook it in the microwave. It's heated up in the microwave before you you cook it the way you're going to cook it. Now, Uh, I would argue don't do that because microwaves are fiat stupid and just plan a little bit ahead and take it out of your refrigerator and let it just come to room temperature. Um, Or just don't try to cook frozen meat. Well, have you heard of people cooking frozen steaks? Yes. Every once in a while I see this thing like, you should cook a frozen steak. And it's just, it's stupid. I, I. I've There's never no tried way. it, um, but I did see that people were saying you can do that. You, I don't know. I've been in. No I'm not going to say I've never. I always defrost mine and. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say I've never been impatient, and didn't defrost something all the way. It was a little frozen inside. It doesn't work. It's not. It wasn't like a design, but it's. It's. You can tell it's not the same. The other thing is, it's like you don't let the 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 water. Like it's that frozenness is water yeah um for the most part and so when it's like anytime you take something out of the freezer and it defrosts even though it wasn't wet when you put it in it's wet when it defrosts so if you don't let that water come out um prior to putting it on you know on your heat that water is going to come out as it thaws while it's in your pan and it's going to it's not going to sear the surface it's going to like steam it and right. so you're not going to get that it's it's just not good 
Yeah, I mean, um, that makes sense to me. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Nor was I planning on it because I don't want to ruin good steaks. Right. Um, the other thing that drives me crazy, it's just this all this stuff because it, it's like they know how to how to make people mad and they know how to how to and, write and guess articles. who reads all the articles, clicks yeah. all of them for them. Well, it's just, just annoying. Like it's they it's every time. Um, and it's stuff that like they it's intentional because they're going to write some, because they know people are going to because now every single person in the world knows about that article because they gave it a stupid title that made you freak out about it. Well, um, headline writer got a raise. I know. Um, it just drives me crazy because it's just lying and and intentionally misleading people to it's just garbage the other thing um and this drives me crazy like the right wing now is doing stuff with you know we know joe biden's senile and just like a disaster but they're just like every little thing they're being so obnoxious about it that stuff that like doesn't even so i saw i was going through twitter today i forget what i was looking for um, but there was a clip of uh, a couple weeks ago, Joe Biden had the, uh, Las Vegas Knights at the white house cause they won the cup last year. And that's what sports teams do when they win the championship, they go to the white house and, um, Joe Biden was saying, it's like, oh yeah, just, uh, you know, congratulations. And it's great what you're doing in Las Vegas, but, uh, but don't. Don't ship the Philadelphia Eagles out. Make a move to Las Vegas because, you know, my wife's a uh, Philly girl and you know, Yikes. wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be good. And everyone's like, oh, Joe Biden just like randomly talks about the Eagles moving to Las Vegas. He's so senile and everything. It's like, no, that was a legitimate like joke. You might not think it was a funny joke or it was a good joke, but like there's a lot of teams you got the. Vegas never had a professional team. Now they got the Knights. Now they have the Raiders. They're talking about moving up. They're talking about like moving the Angels there or something. No, the the Athletics. Yeah, the Athletics. So it's like there's a lot of teams that are moving, and he's from the Philly area. He's a he. Joe Biden goes like every other Flyers game. He's a Philly sports fan. Sports sports fan. So that's a legitimate joke. And if you like. You're either just a lot. If you go and oh, I can't believe Joe Joe Biden is so senile. Sure, and there's been more. I've been noticing more stuff like that where they're just like being so obtuse about interpreting these things just because they know it's red meat. And you have all these people just be like, yeah, yeah, just total red team, blue team stuff. Like you're either a freaking idiot or you're a liar. And they're it's they're probably more just liars. Well, Although I'll say probably you, idiots too. They're both. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like it's because anyone. This is what drives me crazy about being so like loosey goosey and just so obnoxious and obtuse about this stuff, because anyone with half a brain is going to look at you and go, "You're an idiot." That's not what's going on. Any reasonable person can interpret this the right way, and so I'm not going to listen to you later on. Stuff because you've just shown yourself to be an utter clueless person. And so I don't blame people. Like someone walk sees that and like, idiot. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to ignore you. 
like especially too because there's like everything else there's so many other opportunities to to slam these guys on and they're picking like the dumbest stuff that's uh, just uh. all right i'm done for real not right all right thanks for listening we'll catch you next week peace